Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel sent to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord, the Lord is with you. Mary was gently troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this, is, this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Might High, Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over, G over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to read the uh, verses again, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. <clears throat> the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to him. Oh, give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So while I was reading those verses, I am not going to lie, I had trouble connecting them to the question, why is Jesus important to the world? as to why is he important to me. So like many people would, I prayed to God to help me find the right words. Yes, yes, amen. After praying, I took my Bible and read the book of Luke. After reading the book, the words spilled right out of me. But I still had to address the question, why is Jesus important to the world? Well, as a Christian who believes in God, I know personally of Christ's importance. I know that he gave me a heart to love, sight to see, ears to hear him, and a voice to speak. But for someone who doesn't know God or have the connection that I do with God, why would they believe in something they could not hear, see, or touch? Amen. But you know, it is good to be grateful for another day of life, to breathe health, the, life, uh, the list goes on. But while reading the book of Luke, the story of Simon Peter's mother-in-law <clears throat> spoke of how something extraordinary happens when Jesus touches us. We are never the same. Serving him and others is no longer a duty. It is an expression of love and joy. If Jesus has not yet come personally to your home and taken your hand to heal you, why not invite him in so he can make you whole? Yes. Now at this time, the works of Jesus Christ himself were spread among the people, and lots of the people saw his miracles on the ill as just rumors because they could not see it yet. <clears throat> Peter's mother-in-law, she wasn't quite a believer in Christ, but she was still skeptical of Jesus himself until one night when Jesus approached the family's home, healed the woman. He healed her, and she was no longer ill from her uh, disease. His miracles were no longer a rumor. He healed all their diseases. Her own healing had been no fluke. 
God was among them working in power. Some said he was the Messiah. All she knew was that God was with Jesus. She never forgot that day. So for someone who was skeptical of Christ himself, it took just one touch for them to feel God. Because something of God was in Jesus himself. Now, Jesus himself was the physical proof that the Lord Messiah was walking on our earth. But you know, with the good and miracles Jesus provided to the ill, to the sick, the dead, to the poor, he became more noticed and more popular among the people and being talked around the town as well. So the Pharisees, the overseers, the lawmakers of the church, obviously heard of this Jesus. And they considered his work on the ill, on the dead, to be blasphemous against the church. He was giving the paralytics mobility back, the deaf hearing, the blind sight, the mute, the ability to shout. Yet in their eyes, he was blasphemous. The Pharisees failed to see his grace, that he was a blessing sent from above. They could not see his importance on this world. But again, we say, God, please forgive them of their ignorance. Now, this one Pharisee who watched Jesus give this poor woman's son mobility back, called him boldly blasphemous. Now, Jesus is way better than me, because I'm mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking, I'm mean. I would have retorted back with something less than nice. Yet, God being uh, who he is, he gave us Jesus, on this world, the embodiment of forgiveness and grace. And you know what he did? You know what he did? He looked the man in his face, he said, friend, you are forgiven. Rather than punishing the man for his ignorance, he, give, he forgave him. Because apparently the Pharisees didn't know that Jesus Christ himself trumped the synagogue, that he trumped the synagogue and the Sabbath. They didn't know that Jesus Christ himself was Lord of the world they stood on. They didn't know that Jesus Christ himself was Lord of this day, in fact, every day. Now, in the parable where Jesus and his disciples, you know, enjoying the Sabbath day, counting their steps, picking the grain and eating the kernels, were approached by the Pharisees. And now, you know the Pharisees didn't like Jesus. So just imagine the attitude they had the disrespect they had when they came up to Jesus. <laughs> nice sandals. But why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Unlawful. Sabbath. One plus one is not equal three. Is he talking about the Sabbath? Oh, you're talking about the Sabbath. You're, wait, wait. Boy, I knew I knew you from somewhere. Aren't you the same guy who was baking unleavened bread and ate it on the Sabbath? But it was your homeboy in the back who killed the sacrifice on the Sabbath. But you know, me and my friends, you know, just eating the corn, counting our steps is just as bad as murder on the Sabbath. Right, right, just making it clear, making it clear. Now, Peter, Mark, Judas, all his disciples were there to see this. They all heard the debacle between Jesus and the Pharisees, yet not one of them spoke up. Not one of them uttered a word. 
but yet not one of them ran away to leave Jesus in the dust with his bullies. You know what they did? You know what they did? They stood right by their Lord's side and listened. Because they didn't have to say anything. Because God put Jesus on this world to be our wall that would not crumble in the path of destruction. He gave us Jesus to be our crutch before we, before we fell. God gave us Jesus to be our armor so when our enemies swung their swords, it would not pierce our flesh. Because right then and there, Jesus knew that his role in our lives would be important because he stood in between the people and the law and said, have faith. Have faith. Give me 100% of your faith and I got you. I have you. I will fight all of your battles. Now, for some people, this is like deal or no deal. We all see the last silver box, and we all know what was in there. So what you're telling me is, what you're laying out on the table is unending love, forgiveness, strength, health, and courage is what I get if I give you 100% of my faith. Amen. Not 75? You said 100%? Okay. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can give you half of that because I still need to have some control in my life. I still need to control what you can't, even though he laid down on the table what he would do for us. Jesus Christ himself told us what he would do for us, yet we still question the role he played in our lives. So at this point, I had gotten stuck again. So I prayed, God, please help me. And I was about to start another prayer because I still got stuck. And before I can even get that prayer out, this song by Smokey Norfolk came on. It was called Justified. It spoke directly about what I had just written. This was nothing but God working on behalf of me to continue to stay inspired. This song helped me to write about recognizing God in my, actually our world of ignorance. The message was, you will recognize me as your Messiah, the Lord of every day. You will recognize the grace that stands before you. You will recognize my hands that have healed you before and still continue to heal you, as the same hands that have healed those with leprosy. You will recognize my voice that has spoken it to you. It still does as the prophet that has given you and the blind that to see my sight of grace. You among those that test my awesome, awesome power recognize that I am thou who you should glorify. Despite the temptations, the sins, I justify your whole life. For I have forgiven you of your ignorance, for I am grace. <clears throat> Do not doubt my grace, for I am the healer, the prophet God has sent down, born by the Virgin Mary to justify you sinners. You sinners that cannot recognize the importance of my presence on this ignorant world. Yes. So finally, my pen stopped. But as I read this over, I thought, this is nothing but God, not just helping me to write this, but also speaking to me. Because at a time before, I had covered my eyes, shut my mouth, and didn't want to hear God. You could not see God in me because I was such a cold and dark person. I had forgotten who I was. I had forgotten why Jesus died on the cross to make me Natalie. So I sunk down into a hole of depression. And that was when I knew I lost my connection with God. 
Jesus was no longer important to me. To me, I thought God could not see me anymore because I blinded myself towards him. In a time where I was so desperate and my dad was dying, I had never prayed so hard in my life. I had never prayed so hard in my life for this one thing to end, to stop my suffering. I didn't realize at that age how important Christ would be to me until I lost both of them. I know that the sins I have made are forgiven, but the person I am is not forgotten. But I did not at all believe that while my dad was in the hospital. I didn't believe that God saw me on my knees as I cried and begged him to take me instead of my dad. I said, God, you can have me. Give my mom back her husband. Yes, Lord. Give my brother back his yeah. dad. Say it. Say it. So as I lied on the ground, my best friend was dying in the hospital. I was alone and completely dark. I was lost and I could no longer survive. I didn't want to survive. But one day this all stopped and I will never ever forget this day. One of God's prophets came to me, this tall Caucasian man and with such piercing blue eyes, he looked me in my eyes and told me that I was light, L-I-G-H-T, and that I still mattered. He told me that God was still in me. He told me that I was God's diamond. I still thought, this wasn't true. This isn't right. Why would you say this about someone who slammed the door in God's face, who blinded themselves in his direction? I said God forgot about me a long time ago. When in fact, I let my tragedy express my anger at God I let my tragedy make me such a cold and dark person. I was no longer Natalie. When in fact, this wasn't right for me to believe at all. It was a false statement. But you know, man cannot survive on bread alone. When really you need God to survive. I needed God to survive. I needed God to be out of my soccer games and tell me to keep running, to, don't let these, to not let these girls push me down. I needed God to help me with my math homework when I struggled to tell me, Natalie, try the equation again. Because these are all the things my dad did for me. I needed God to be my dad. I needed Christ to step in. I needed Christ to be my anchor to hold me down. I needed him to be my wall to keep me stable. I needed him to be my crutch to keep me from falling. I needed God to help me survive. Thank you. I couldn't realize it at the time, but the hand in front of me was Jesus telling me to follow him. The knock on my door to let him back in. So finally, after ignoring that knock, my built-up anger, my built-up depression, and my built-up sadness would slowly fade away through each crack of the door because I found God standing there Christ's hand was held out, waiting for me to grasp it, waiting for me to follow him. So as I close, I want you to understand, this is why Jesus is important to the world. This is why Jesus is important to me. Thank you.